All right. Welcome back to the pod, man. It's been a while. Um, you know, not everyone believes that I would I would be here today, but here we are. And um, let's get into it today. I'm going to do, I don't know, I'm going to try and do um, time on just every team in the East, just kind of go through and assess the seasons that they're having so far. And um, here, let me pull up basketball reference real quick and just... You know, kind of just go through and talk about things. Um, some teams are going to get more run than others, just because I've been I've been watching certain teams more than others. Mainly, been watching a lot of Celtics games. It's hard, man. It's hard to um keep up with hoops when I'm at school. It's really hard, just because I got shit to do all the time. You know, I'm busy Monday through Thursday from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed. You know, so it's hard, but. I've been trying to keep with things as you do. So let's, we're going to start at the bottom and go to the top. Like I said, some teams are going to get more run than others. For the Pistons, geez, man. Once again, I was wrong about the Pistons. Oh, yeah, let me try and pull up those tweets. Um, Because early in the season, um, I did a standings prediction about just like, you know, where I think each team is going to end up at the end of the season. I had the Pistons in the play-in over teams like the Knicks, over teams like, I think even like, um, over teams like, like they were, they were a lot higher. And it's funny because they are literally, let's check Glass really quick. They are the worst team in the league at five and 16. So that's funny. Um, Damn, I can't find it. That would be so sad if I could not find it. Yeah, I can't find it. That is so unfortunate. Um, here, let me... Eh, fuck it. Okay, whatever. Can't find it, sucks to suck. But I had the Pistons in the plan. I know that I had the Pistons in the plan. And Cade has a stress fracture. Which is really scary and unfortunate. And it's not like, oh, this is going to be something that's going to reoccur his entire career or his fucking career. But it's just unfortunate because, you know, this is this is good development time. And this is a year that I think Detroit wanted to compete a little bit more with the, the trading for and re-signing of Bogdanovich. I think that they were kind of keying more for a play-in spot. But Sadiq's been hurt and Cade's been hurt. I have Beef Stew's been in and out. Like, I think that they're closer to Vic than they wanted to be. You know, obviously it's not a bad thing to be close to Webanyama, but I think the Magic wanted to compete this year and they can't. Cade might miss the whole season if he goes under surgery, but we'll see how that plays out. A huge bright spot for them so far is Jalen Duran, bro. Motherfucker. Jalen Duran is younger than me and is absolutely insane on an NBA court. Like, watching Jalen Duran play is actually really fun. He's fucking up the Celtics. I was watching a lot of Pistons early in the season. Like, their first, like, six games, I watched their first, like, six games. Um, And he's just been amazing. So, shout out to Jalen Duran. But the Pistons overall, they're rebuilding. What do you want? Same thing with the next team, the Magic. Paulo's been amazing. Paulo's been everything that I've wanted from him and more. I actually think I'm going to be really wrong about Paulo. Because... My belief was that Paulo was going to be great. Paulo was going to be, you know, a, a consistent all-star. I always said that, like, he reminded me a lot of, of Carlos Boozer, which I know 
is going to come off as wrong and it's going to hit your ear as a bad thing. But I meant Carlos Boozer in the sense of like, he he's going to be an all-star, you know, he's going to be an all-star more than Carlos Boozer was. He might make an all-NBA team, but he's never going to be the number one option on the championship team. He's not going to be this like generational great talent. He's not even going to be the best player out of his own draft class. And so far that's still, you know, might be true. It is very early and Benedict Matherin looks very good. As do a lot of guys. Ivy looks great. Um, there are plenty of guys out of that draft class that look amazing, but like, I think I might be, I think I might have underrated Paulo, but only time will tell with that. Overall, I don't know, man. I don't, like the Magic have been, they've been fine. They've been weirdly competitive. Um, in a lot of, of games, if I could, there's no way I'm going to be able to find them. Orlando Magic, thank you. Um, I feel like, what's their point differential at? And it's not that low. Um, but yeah, overtime loss. What's the, uh, they lost by seven here, you know. There are a couple blowouts there, but they have been in some of these games that they've lost. And that's kind of what you, what you want for a rebuilding team, you know, is to lose close games right that you're competitive maybe even um beat i mean well the warriors suck but beat a team like the warriors on a game winner it's a really exciting thing for your young players beat a team like the suns beat a team like the mavericks that are contenders right that's what you would want out of your shitty rebuilding team is that you play the big dogs really well maybe you beat the big dogs a couple times and then you lose to the guys that are also bottom feeders because that helps the draft positioning. And that's kind of what the Magic have been doing this year. Bull, bull, man. Picked him up in fantasy. He's been great for me. Bull, bull, career resurgence. I'm glad to see it. And um, Orlando's doing a lot of what you would want to do. Um, the only thing is, is like, I feel like they, they're like, who are their vets? Like Gary Harris? I guess Terrence Ross, too. They have solid vets then. Because establishing culture with the young team is very important. Next up is the Hornets. I don't want to talk a lot about the Hornets. I don't like the direction of the franchise right now it sucks that mark williams got drafted just for nick richards to become like a generational center in terms of like it's either per or box plus minus nick richards is like leading the league maybe it's win shares it's like some advanced stat nick richards is like top five in the league which is objectively hilarious um but, you know, LaMelo's been hurt for a lot of the season. And also, like, they lost Miles Bridges and got nothing in return, you know? Because he decided to be a dumbass. But this Hornet season was going to be weird. And a lot of what I think is like, hey, bottom out, go get Victor. Because Victor and LaMelo would be absurd together. That would be so much fun. So let's do that instead of all this shit. And then it's also like, okay, LaMelo's cool. And he's been, he has been injured this season. He has been injured this season. That's a huge disclaimer on this. Am I going to see... I mean, yeah, he's played three games, so maybe I shouldn't talk a ton of shit about him. But in those three games, I mean, he's putting up the same stats as last year. He hasn't been, you know, world... Wrecking worlds out there by any means, so unfortunate that he has been injured but we'll see what the hornets do next up is the bulls the bulls um so because i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about it later anyways kenny Cantrell, he has 
um, a, a, a private burner account on Twitter, which of course I do indeed follow because I'm a Kenny dick sucker. Um, and on this burner, he just like, it's really funny because one week he'll be like throwing up mock trades to get Russell Westbrook and a bunch of picks on the team for DeMar Rosen or like for Vucevic to give to the Lakers and shit. And then they'll go and beat the Celtics and blow them out. And he's like, the Bulls are back. And it's just, it's funny. That's another thing too. Fuck the Bulls because two of the Celtics, what, four losses on the season are to the fucking Bulls. And it's so annoying. And I was... I was talking to Lucy actually about the Celtics and I was talking about how they were on a nine game win streak and I was like but we're playing the Bulls tonight and watch us fucking lose to the Bulls because the Celtics are actually ass and the Bulls play us really well even though the Bulls suck and sure enough that night we got blown out in Chicago and maybe it was in Boston I don't really remember but that's always fun I don't know man like Kenny always talked about especially last season that there's value in being good, right? There's value in just being a good team that makes the playoffs. Maybe our first round exit every year, but there's value in being good. I could not disagree more. And teams that like, like the Pacers of like 20, I don't know, the, the post Miami Heat Pacers rivalry Pacers, where it was like, what was that? That was 15, 16, 17, 18, where it was just like, Oh, you have to play the Pacers in the first round. So you're going with the second round type shit. The Celtics could beat them one year. LeBron beat them. Like, it wasn't like, oh, no, we got to play the Pacers. It was, oh, shit, we're going to the second round this year, you know? Um, And I hate, I hate middling franchises like that where it's you're stuck in NBA purgatory because your team isn't good enough to compete for a championship. Hell, your team isn't even good enough to get to the Western Conference or Eastern Conference Finals. Like, you're not able to make a deep playoff run but you're also not bad enough to get a good draft pick to improve your roster and when you're a team like that that's in the middle of the pack you need to be able to draft and i think one thing that the bulls have proven in the past decade is that they are fucking clueless when it comes to drafting patrick williams the injuries have really hurt him but he has not turned into the prospect i thought he was going to be i was really high on patrick williams he's not been who i thought he was kobe white has not been you know, the guy that they would want him to be because, listen, Kobe White's great. And, you know, he is not... Like, you don't spend a top 10 pick for a guy to be a good sixth man. You don't. That's not that's not how this shit works. And it's not even like Kobe White's that good of a sixth man. So it's difficult. Laurie Markkinen has not turned into the player. At least in Chicago, he didn't. In Utah, he's been playing pretty fucking good. Um, and, I, I mean... It's, it's just like the, be- the best players on the Bulls have come from free agency and trades, right? The Bulls did not get good naturally, and they are not homegrown talent, and they are middling, and it sucks. All right, let's move on to the Heat. The Heat, it's been a hard season for the Heat so far just because Jimmy's been hurt and because their roster has a giant hole to power forward. I'm not very high on the Heat. Um, I was just watching through the wire, and Kenny was saying that, like, he wants to give the Heat the benefit of the doubt because it's the Heat, and they always find a way to turn it around. And unless they're going to pull another random-ass prospect out of their ass, which they very well could, I don't believe in the Heat. I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt because I don't see a reason to give them the benefit of the doubt. Their roster is not very deep. Um, Bam is one of my favorite players. He genuinely is, but he has shown me time and time again that maybe he don't really got that dog in him. 
And um, I just don't love the roster at all because you really only have two offensive threats on that roster in Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler. You know, with Duncan Robinson not being able to fucking shoot, Max Struess is cool, Gabe Vincent's cool, but they also, both of those guys went high school against the Celtics in the playoffs. You know, it's it's difficult for the Heat. Um, I don't have much shit else to say. Next up is the um, fucking Brooklyn Nets. Um, outside of all the Kyrie Irving off-the-court shit, which is just really disappointing it's really disappointing because i found out that a lot of the black athletes that i look up to believe a lot of the shit that Kyrie Irving was preaching and that's concerning to me it's like geez man because that line of thinking is it's very dangerous if you look into what that shit actually says and what those groups represent it's very dangerous i mean there was a point in time where Guys like Zach Lowe, um, Bobby Marks, Kevin Pelton were all like, Kyrie Irving may never play another game of basketball in the NBA. Obviously, he has. Obviously, that was not true. Obviously, that was an overreaction. But it's like those Kanye memes where it's like, I can't keep defending him, but he made graduation. And it's like, Kyrie is the greatest ball handler in NBA history. He has some of the greatest highlights I've ever seen with my own two eyes. I've modeled my game after him. I loved Kyrie Irving. And I just don't, he just makes me like, he just, he gives me the ick. Kyrie Irving, just in general, it's like, dude, shut the fuck up. I don't know, I'm not even gonna talk about basketball with these motherfuckers because Kevin Durant, I hate Kevin Durant. Like, we were, we were at Will's house playing poker the other night, and Colin was like, not a day goes by where Ryan doesn't hate on Kevin Durant, and that's facts, because I, like, I, I hate Kevin Durant. I don't, I don't mind him as a basketball player. I think he's wildly overrated as a basketball player, because I'm very much of the camp of, yeah, he averages 30, but plenty of fucking players average 30. Why is he a top five player, you know? Tatum averages 30, but plays elite defense, but Kevin Durant's better? Why? Luka Doncic averages 30, but also averages 8 assists and 8 rebounds. But Kevin Durant's better. Why? You know? Nikola Jokic averages 28 points per game, but he also throws in 12 rebounds and 9 assists. But Kevin Durant's better. Why? Like, I'm not a huge... I, I, I dislike Kevin Durant. But I also dislike Kevin Durant because he's always like, Man, can we stop talking about this shit? Can we start talking about basketball? Like, can we stop... Do you... Like, KD, do you think I want to talk about Kyrie Irving being anti-Semitic? No, motherfucker, I don't. So... Why would you be like, let's keep it about hoops and then go and team up with a guy who consistently throughout his career has made it not about hoops and who has literally his whole like thing with his career has been like, I'm so much more than a basketball player and basketball is only a small fraction of my life. But Katie's like, no, we just need to hoop, y'all. Kevin Durant's a bitch and a pussy. Never forget any of that. Never forget any of that. Kevin Durant is the worst and I hate that guy. All right, let's talk about, I mean, and and that's on the court. They fired Steve Nash, they hired Jacques Vaughn, which is like, okay, that's like the most lateral move ever. If anything, I might even call it like a step back because it's like, does Jacques Vaughn even want the fucking job or is he just like stuck with the job, you know? Ben Simmons has just magically started to play well the last couple games after he was starting out the season playing like, bitch simmons and now what the hell 
and now he's playing um, much better. <laughs> Come on, pull up game logs. See, this is why I need. This is why breaks in the pot are not good. But stop, bro. I hate basketball reference. Kind of sucks because of how many ads there are on it. But like he started out the season with four points, six points, seven points, four points, nine points, and seven points. And then he was inactive for four games, and then he put up two points, six points, and two points. And then he got a DND, and then he put up 11, and everyone was like, oh shit, Ben Simmons just put up 11 points, <laughs> which was awesome. And then he put up 15, 13, and 7, which was actually a really good game. They ended up winning against Portland. And then he put up 22, and we were all like, is Ben Simmons... Don't know, is Ben Simmons playing good basketball again? And then he put up 11, then he put up 14, then he put up 20. And it's just been like, mm, what's he shooting from the free throw line this year? Alright, alright. 54.5%. <laughs> I love Ben Simmons, man. He's averaging 9, 6, and 6 on the season. That's that Draymond Green triple single stat line. I don't know, man. I'm, I, I've sold my Ben Simmons stock. I'm done with him. I was a guy that was like, trade Joel, build around Ben. And I was really, really burnt for that take. So, <sighs> Let's move on to the other New York team, the Knicks. Um, RJ Barrett's a fucking bum. Again, we're just... Uh, today's podcast actually isn't the Eastern Conference a quarter way through the season. It's how many bad takes does Ryan have? How many dog shit takes does Ryan have? Because there was a time where i believed rj bear was going to be the best player out of his draft class now if you don't remember the first pick was zion williamson and second pick was john moran so i don't think rj barrett's going to be better than john moran at any point in his career but this year rj is averaging 18 5 and 3 which isn't crazy different from his career numbers but this is the kicker he's averaging it on those that stat line on 39% from the field, 26% from three, and 76% from the line. He has zero win shares this season. Zero win shares. Now, granted, it's early in the season. The amount of win shares that you're going to have is, is still a decimal. It's going to be like 0.5 or whatever. If I just look at um, NBA leaders in win shares. No, not career leaders this year, dumbass. Um, fuck. <laughs> okay, fuck that. Um, for let's just go for reference here. Jason Tatum, a guy who is having an MVP caliber season, is my front runner for MVP. Actually, already has three point two win shares on the season, which is really fucking good. So that's obviously not like I'm not holding RJ Barrett to a ceiling of jason tatum because he's not jason tatum but i am being like zero win shares is not very good for a guy that's supposed to be the number two probably the number one on this next roster you know he's picked what third overall like he was supposed to be that guy you know he was supposed to be that guy on this next team or for this next team he hasn't been we're seeing regression in his fourth season he's averaging less points per game less rebounds the same amount of assists which is awesome he is turning the ball over a little bit more and his defensive stats aren't much better i mean rj barrett's never been a phenomenal defender but where it really is egregious is i mean listen he's never been an efficiency guy in terms of field goal percentage or three-point percentage but his three-point percentage has dropped dropped 
you know, every year since that, like, magical Knicks season where Trey Young swept them. Because one season, R.J. Barrett shot 40% from three on four attempts. And then they went into the playoffs and the Hawks were like, nah, we're going to see if that's real. And it wasn't actually real. And he missed all his shots in the fucking playoffs. And then he went down to 34% last year. And now he's at 26%. It's just like, Jesus, man, what do you want from me? Like his effective field goal percentage is 44%. That's horrible. Ben Simmons' effective field goal percentage is like 60%. And he shoots 50% from the free throw line. It's like, Jesus Christ, RJ. There's a stat going around that he was like, 0 for 19 in his last 19 threes for like a couple weeks or not for a couple weeks for like a week straight um and he was like there was another stat that was he was like two for 26 on his last um 26 three-point attempts and his quote for that stat being like brought to him by the media um was they gotta fall eventually and it's like yeah is that true we'll see Next up is the Raptors. The Raptors, it's just like Pascal's out for a while. Scotty has been in and out of the lineup this year. He also just is totally slumping in his sophomore year. I thought Scotty Barnes was going to take a jump this year. I thought the Raptors were going to be really good. I thought, I mean, they're what, the eighth seed right now? And I was a guy that was like, the Raptors are going to be a top five seed in the East. I fully believe it. And I mean, it's not even that that Scotty is slumping insanely hard. He's putting up similar numbers last year, right? His points are down a little bit. His assists are up and his rebound. So yeah, his points are down. His rebounds are down. His turnovers are up, but his assists are also up. Um, his effective field goal percentage has dropped almost 4%, though, which is not good. Um, he is shooting worse from... Actually, he's shooting... Yeah, he's shooting worse from the field by a relatively significant margin. It's like 5%. But that makes a difference. He's shooting 7% worse on twos in general. But he is shooting 35.5% from three on four attempts a game. So that's okay. Like he's developing a better um, long game. The only thing with the Raptors so far this season is... um Lee, bro. Fred Van Vliet. He's also been injured, like, in and out of the lineup type beat. But Fred Van Vliet, I mean, I guess the numbers don't reflect it. Wow, I'm surprised. Because when I watch Fred Van Vliet play and I've been watching the Raptors play, I've been like, he is a dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, he is killing it. He is, you know, he's worth all the money. He's worth this shit, you know? But I guess, yeah, I guess not, man. Wow. Wait, what the fuck? He had one point? What? On October 28th against Philly in a law in a blowout loss, he played 34 minutes, was 0 for 11 from the field, 0 for 8 from 3, 1 for 3 from the free throw line. That's wild. He had a negative game score. He had a negative 3.9 game score. I don't know the last time I've seen an all-star have a negative game score. What the fuck? Maybe I'm tripping on that one, but I, I negative game scores are not something that I see often, and I love to use the game score metric. Um, yeah, damn, maybe I just watched that one Toronto versus Chicago game where he was balling. It just seems that he's been, well, he had a good game stretch here, but it's like, maybe he started, he started off the season a little rough. He's been a little inconsistent, but I've, I've enjoyed watching Freddie so far this season. Um, but the real, the real, real story about the Raptors this year is OG. OG, baby. I was the guy that was like, oh, he's going to take that. When we were in the bubble playing the Raptors, I was like, next season, OG's going to take the jump. 
And then after that season, when OG didn't take the jump, I was like, oh, next season, OG's going to take the jump. And he didn't take the jump. And then this year, he's actually taking the jump. Right now, I don't know if he's Defensive Player of the Year, but he's definitely up there in voting. A lot of voting so far is going to Brooke Lopez, which you can't be too mad about. But this year, it's a career high in points. Uh, a career high by a wide margin. He's actually leading the league in steals. Career high in blocks. Um, career high in rebounds. <laughs> like, he's just... He's doing a lot. He's doing a lot this year. Career high in... I think that's it. Yeah, no. Not... Yeah. So, career highs in counting stats, not efficiency stats, though. But the, the Raptors are very much so, like, the do-it-in-the-aggregate team. They're, like the jazz but actually good which we'll get to when i do the western conference preview but i don't have a ton to say about the raptors i haven't been watching a ton of raptors the sixers right now killed by injuries i would love to um just really quickly talk about that monster performance that beat had a couple weeks ago um because i'm gonna say this here on the podcast so he had a game score of 54.4 um if you don't no, well, I mean, anybody listening to this podcast will know what game score is. It's basically a metric that, you know, gives you a single number that rates how good a game is. For like a star player, a good game score, a normal game score is like um, 20. Like if you have a game score around 20, you're a star player, you had a good game. But for a role player, it's like eight to eight between like eight and 12 is a good game score. Um, and Beat had a game score of 54.4, which is, I think, like the fifth i think it's like the seventh greatest game in regular season history according to game score and the only games above it are like when mike had 66 when wilt had 100 when kobe had 81 when harden had a 60 point triple double and then when devin booker had 70 so i'm i'm also i'm totally making the argument right now that joel Embiid's November 13th performance against the Utah Jazz is the greatest game since Kobe Bryant dropped 81 points. And I'm only saying that because if you watch the Devin Booker 70-point game, you know that that shit was bullshit and that the Celtics fans were cheering for D-Book because the Celtics were intentionally fouling him to get him to 70 because the Celtics were up 25. And then also with the Harden triple-double, Embiid put up these stats in 36 minutes and Harden put up those stats in like 48 minutes. Like, Harden played, like, way more minutes than Embiid that night. And also, Harden did have fucking seven blocks. Like, four of them in the fourth quarter. Embiid had, like, 25 in the fourth quarter. Like, I hate Joel Embiid. I hate the 76ers. I I have, like, true disdain for the franchise. But it was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen with my own eyes. So, I am making the argument that Joel Embiid's November 13th performance against the Utah Jazz is the greatest single game regular season performance since Kobe Bryant dropped 81 points in what, 2006? So that's my only piece on the Sixers. Right now, Harden's hurt and Maxie's hurt. I mean, I was I was genuinely insulted when people were picking the Sixers to come out of the East because they got fucking D'Anthony Melton, who, can I just do a little D'Anthony Melton check-in? Is D'Anthony Melton who basketball reference work new trivia question is basketball reference gonna work this year 
I mean, he's doing what you would want. <laughs> D'Anthony Melton has one win share. RJ Barrett has none. That's all I'm going to say. We're moving on. The Wizards, I'm not talking about the Wizards. Porzingis is playing like an all-star. Kyle Kuzma is the greatest player of all time, but I don't give a fuck about the Wizards. They are a middling franchise that at best is a first-round exit. The Atlanta Hawks. Let's talk some shit about the Atlanta Hawks because fuck Trey Young. Actually, no, I, I don't have a huge problem with Trey Young. I have a big problem with DeJounte Murray. Like the other day I tweeted out because DeJounte did some bullshit. He hit a three over Jabari Smith Jr. and then tapped him on the head. And was like, rah, 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 rah. and then the Hawks ended up blowing what a 15 point lead to literally the worst team in basketball and the young, the second youngest team in basketball. That's right, because they have Boban on the roster, so they are not the youngest. Um, but the Hawks are just like, I hate the Hawks. There's nothing to like about the Hawks. The John Collins shit is crazy, where it's just like he's just like become a bum. Like, didn't think any tweeted out. What does John Collins do? And I was like, yeah, that's a great question. It's weird because, like, John Collins went from this guy that was supposed to be a franchise cornerstone for them. Oh, my God. Do you remember when John Collins was a threat from three? Jesus Christ. I mean, in the 2019-2020 season and 2020-21 season, he shot 40% from three back-to-back years. Last year, he shot 36%. This year... Uh, excuse me. He's shooting 22%. All in the same amount of attempts, by the way. Like, I think, I genuinely believe, not only has John Collins kind of been iced out of the offense with the addition of DeJounte Murray, but, I mean, if I was John Collins, my confidence would be shot. It re- it would be. This team has been trying to trade me for years. They don't want me here. And, frankly, I wouldn't want to be there. Um... I don't know what else to say about John Collins. It's just, it's weird. Because I like John Collins a lot. And I don't even know. I don't know. I get into, Hawks fans are the number one fan that I get into beefs with on Twitter. Just because Hawks fans think that they're like, Hawks fans don't realize that when they went to the Eastern Conference Finals that it was a fucking fluke. You know? Like there's one team every year that just goes on a Cinderella run to the Conference Finals. And... Then the next year, they disappoint because it was a Cinderella run. It was the Mavericks last year who actually look really fucking good this year. It was the Hawks before that. Like, it happens every year. The Celtics did it when they didn't have Kyrie, and we played LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, um, it was the Blazers a couple years back when they had to play the Warriors. Like, it, it happens. And Hawks fans refused to believe that it was a fluke. And once again, I was vindicated because I will always be a Hawks hater. Um, but yeah, I, I like, I tweeted out the other day that, um, DeJounte is everything that Dominic thinks John Moran is. Cause Dominic's always like, John Morant is so cocky and he has no reason to be cocky. Like he hasn't won anything. And it's like, well, that's objectively false. They were the two seed. Like they've, he's done a lot of winning in his career at a young age. That team is fun. They're young, they're homegrown, like all this shit. Like, John Morant has every right to be a dickhead, in my opinion. The Grizzlies are the fucking three seed right now, you know? Even though they have the same record than the Hawks. That's awesome. But, like, DeJounte Murray is just, like, a, a cock muncher for no reason, dude. He's just a dick. Like, when he was being a dick at the Pro-Ams over the summer. Like, to the, to the, to the literal guys that, like, work for Amazon. And then go hoop. 
in their, like, once they're off their shift, and DeJounte was being an asshole to them. And then even now, it's like, he did it to the Celtics. Last year, there was a game in San Antonio, and we blew a huge lead, and DeJounte hit a late shot. And he called Marcus Smart, I think it was Marcus Smart, he called him too small, and he told us to get the fuck off the court. And so it was nice to see DeJounte Murray being an asshole, and then see the Rockets come back and win, and see Kevin Porter Jr. wave them off the court. I was like, yeah, fuck you guys. Like, I, I dislike the Hawks. I don't, I don't have a reason to like them. Next up is the Pacers. All right, we're just going to talk about Tyrese Halliburton. Like, yeah, Benedict Matherin is right now my sixth man of the year, but fuck that. Let's talk about Tyrese Halliburton. Because Tyrese Halliburton, I'm going I'm to I'm suck his dick, bro. Tyrese Halliburton, crazy. Right now, he's, oh my God, shut the fuck up. I didn't know he was averaging that much. This season, Tyrese Halliburton is leading the league in assists. He's averaging 19.9 points per game and 11 assists per game on just three turnovers, which is amazing. He's had, if we can, let me go to game log really quick. He, this season, he, oh my God. Okay, okay. Over his last, okay, over his last four games, he is averaging... 14 assists per or he's not averaging over his last four games oh my god that's absurd he has gotten 14 assists 14 assists 14 assists and 15 assists that 15 assist game coming with zero turnovers over his last how many games is this does it say over his last nine games he is averaging 13 assists per game and two and a half turnovers per game like Tyrese Halliburton is not going to be the number one option on your championship roster, but holy shit, is he going to be the best number two you could ever ask for? If Ben Matherin can turn into the dog that I think he can, Jesus Christ, Indiana is going through. Hey, Tyrese Halliburton is two point seven win shares on the season. How about that? Oh, he is so. I just I love Tyrese. I I feel like there's no reason to dislike Tyrese. And the Pacers have been wildly overperforming this year. Now it's like okay. The Pacers are in a weird situation because it's like, yeah, it'd be great to have Vic, but Miles Turner has been playing amazing this year, and you shouldn't trade him to the Lakers, just re-sign him because, what is Miles Turner, like 27, 28? He doesn't exactly fit the timeline, but it's not a bad thing to have vets on a young team. You need to build culture. That's really important. But the other thing for me is like, so you'd love to have Vic. Every team in the NBA would love to have Victor Webanyama, but... You don't also you also don't need Scoot Henderson because you have Benedict Matherin. You know, that's some of the things like like if Houston gets the second pick, it's like, are you gonna draft Scoot Henderson? Because you have Jalen Green. You know, that's a question that's gonna come up um, you know, months from now when the draft is coming up. But like with the Pacers, it's like, do you just stay competing? Do you think that you can stay competing? Because the Pacers have had like the easiest strength of schedule to start the year. And they have the third hardest strength of schedule, I think, for the next couple or for the rest of the season. So it's like, do you think that you can genuinely do this? Now, there is something to be said about getting into the playoffs by only beating shitty teams. I think um, Bulls fans can speak to that, right? They made the playoffs as a six seed a couple years ago with only beating shitty teams. But we'll see. I think the Pacers should just play. Just hoop. Just hoop and see what happens. The Cavs are up next. The Cavs started out the season really hot. They were everyone's favorite team to talk about. Donovan Mitchell was getting MVP chatter, and Darius Garland hadn't even played. As they've gotten back, they've definitely cooled off 4-6 and six in their last 10, and it's just, it's hard because 
Jesus Christ, they're four and six in the last ten, which means they started out the season eight and one. I had no clue. That's amazing. Good for them. But you know, there was going to be an adjustment period. There was going to be a gel period. We're seeing that even with a team like the Nuggets over in the West, is that the adjustment period is is real. Same with the Timberwolves too. Um, Emo, Emo has been playing like he's been doing well. It's just like okay, maybe, maybe, just maybe, Evan Mobley is not going to be um, Tim Duncan. Like, maybe, just maybe, just maybe, even though he's shooting 56% on twos, because he's simply like that. I mean, he's averaging pretty much the same stats from his rookie year with just, like, a, a little bit better efficiency, like, a, a barely better efficiency, definitely not from three, but from the field in general, and a couple, you know, a little bit more turnovers per game. But overall, he's been doing exactly what he did last year it's it's hard for him to get an expanded offensive role when you bring in donovan mitchell um that stretchability that we were looking at in the draft it's 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 looking funny in the light right now it's definitely looking funny in the light but life is optics we will see how the Cavs progress i'm trying to kind of wrap this up because i gotta go to the gym soon i still have to record the western conference side so let's go all right, Milwaukee still very good. Giannis is amazing. He's having another MVP season. Chris Middleton isn't even back yet, and they're thirteen and five. You know, fuck, they're five and five in their last ten, but you cannot beat them in Pfizer, right? That's where they play Pfizer for him. I don't know. Um, I mean, it's it's Milwaukee. What do you want me to say? They're championship contenders. The Eastern Conference is going to come down to Milwaukee and Boston. What do you want from me? And that's to round it out. It's it. Boston. Jason Tatum is elite. He is playing amazing. The only thing that worries me about the Celtics is that we have the greatest offense in NBA history right now, which is something I've preached this for years, by the way. I preached this back last season when it was like December and all Celtics fans were in crisis mode because we were below 500 and we were like, well, fuck, do we have to trade Jalen Brown? And I was like, listen, we need to hire a coach that like fuck the defense, fuck defense. Like I get it's a Celtics identity thing and it's a franchise thing. Fuck that shit. Let's hire a coach that can run offense for us because we have we have good enough defenders where our team can be the 12th ranked defense in the league without much scheming and game planning just because Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, even fucking Luke Cornett, baby. The Cornett contest, baby. Like we just have good defenders on the roster so we'd be fine defensively. And that's what's happened this year. And the only thing that worries me is just, like, we are hitting threes at a historic clip as a team. And it's like, okay, when the shots aren't falling, like, how are we going to get back into things? And it seems that, like, in games, we will go through cold stretches, especially for some weird reason against the fucking Chicago Bulls. But there are certain stretches where it we do go very cold. And we've responded pretty well. Tatum, Tatum will take more of an offensive load. And we keep shooting. And that's the thing that I cannot stress enough is yet. Just keep shooting. Uh, but I'm really happy with the Celtics, and I'm really proud of the Celtics so far. Um, I'm a little nervous, as you are with anything, but so far we are on the revenge tour that I hope we would go on. There's no hangover for us, and I love that. All right, with that, we have concluded the first quarter Eastern Conference review. Um, thank you so much for listening. Like, share, do all that cool shit. Um, tweet at me. Follow the Twitter. E10044. It's a fuck ton of shit, man. Peace.